This is Sam Anderson, lead pastor at Central Church. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. And to keep up with everything happening in our faith community, visit centralchurch.cc. But this morning what we're going to do is we're going to look at the core value of faith. And uh, faith is one of those things, it's like one of those kind of intangible things, right? Uh, I think the Bible describes it as faith is the evidence of things hoped for, or things is the evidence of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, or something like that. I don't know. That's the problem memorizing it in King James Version. I don't remember it in real life. Um, but <laughs> but faith is something that's, it's, it seems kind of elusive. It seems very abstract. It's not a very concrete thing until it becomes manifested in your life. And so I'm going to sit here with Caitlin today, and she's going to kind of share her faith journey and her faith story and how it became very real and very tangible for her. But first, I want to talk about kind of what our core value is. And so it'll be up on the screen for you. But one of our core values around here is faith. And a core value is something that shapes who we are. You know, last week we talked about generosity, and we said we are a generous people. It's important to us to be a generous people, not just on Sunday mornings, but on Monday through Saturday, all throughout life, living life open-handedly and blessing others. And so another core value that we have is faith. And and in our core values, it says, we expect the unexpected. We will continue to set lofty goals. We will advance in faith, and we will watch God work. Essentially, what this is saying is we want to be a people that follows when Jesus calls us. And oftentimes, when we do that, it's going to be beyond our comfort zone. It's going to be beyond our regularly set parameters, our, rep- our regularly scheduled program, right? It's going to go beyond that. We're going to, God's going to call us to something, and what walking in faith is is following that voice, following that call, even into the unknown. And so this morning, what I want to do is I want to talk with Caitlin because Caitlin has an incredible story. I'm so excited to share with you guys what I already know, and it's going to be super, super exciting. So Caitlin, do you want to say hi into the microphone so everyone can hear your voice? Hi, everybody. <laughs> there you go. Say hi, Caitlin. Yeah. Um, so, Caitlin, I want you to talk about, first of all, your faith journey, your experience in church, um, sort of how all this came together so we can set the stage for what God is doing now in your life and currently. So tell me about sort of your faith journey and your church experience and then transition from, well, let's start there and then I'll, I'll, I'll hit you with the next one. Yeah, that sounds great. Um, so I grew up in a family that wasn't a Christian family. We would occasionally go to a Baptist church that my grandma went to, um, but it was never really a family thing. It was just once in a while. Yeah. Um, and then I was radically saved right after high school. I just gave my life to Jesus and started an internship with a church for two years. And it was a discipleship program that mm-hmm. we prayed together every day. We read our Bibles. We journaled. It was super intensive, spending time with the Lord and serving in the church. Yeah. Um, And kind of after I left that internship, saw a lot of toxicity that I hadn't recognized in the church um, and was like, okay, why do I even have a relationship with God? Or is it just because I was told I need to do this or because it's just very legalistic. And Mm -hmm. so for a while I was like, okay, what what is my faith? Um, And what does that look like for me and not for what somebody else expects of me? Okay, so you grew up unchurched (laughs) for the most part. Um, you were like a creaster person, like you went on Christmas and Easter and that sort of thing, is that? Pretty much, sometimes okay. in between. My best friend yeah. was, her dad was the youth pastor, so we would okay. hang out, but. Yeah, 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 okay, right it. on. And then you got saved after high school, yeah. which was like yesterday for you, right? <laughs> Just kidding. Um, <laughs> so you got saved right after high school, and then you went in like head first, you were like, 
if I'm going to do this, let's do this, yeah. right? And so you joined this internship program that was super intense. But during the internship program, you saw some stuff that you were like, mm. Well, actually, it wasn't until after that I really realized it. In okay. it, I was like, oh, yeah, this makes sense. But then so in hindsight, obedience. you're like, mm. Yeah, not so much. Okay, so you went through this, like, doubting, questioning phase and all that. Yeah. And, um, okay, so... How, so then, then you kind of balanced out, right? You started looking for other churches or what? How did you, how did you yeah, come out of that? I went to a couple other churches. There was another church right after that kind of same thing. I was like, is this just me? Am I just not absorbing the word? Am I not yeah. doing the right things? Um, and eventually kind of stopped going to church for a little while, started again and landed here and other things in my life lined up and yeah. really found more so my genuine faith. Okay. okay, very cool. Now, um, shifting gears a little bit, what do you do for a living? Like, what do you, what's your job? How does, how does yeah. your faith kind of incorporate with your job, your faith journey? What do you do for a living? Yeah, so I work in a home for girls in foster care. Um, it's a residential facility, and we're not super restrictive, so we have girls who don't have major behavioral problems or mental illness, um, but we have right now from eight to eighteen year olds. Eight years old to eighteen. Eight years old to eighteen. In the same program. In the same program. Okay. And yeah. you're here in Detroit. Here in yeah. Detroit, absolutely. Okay. Um, and so recently we've had like our fiftieth girl go through. We've only been open for about three years, and so every day we have we have to have faith. <laughs> we <laughs> we start off our shift with prayer yeah. um, and kind of going over the night, and we. Um, we're intentional about that because there are moments where it's so hard and there are moments where without Jesus, we would be terrible to the girls or just responding to their brokenness. Mm -hmm. Um, And even being okay with girls who leave because we have some girls who stay for years, year or two before they go to a family, but we have some girls who are there for a month or two and then they they just aren't suited for our program or they don't want to be a part of our program. Recently, mm-hmm. we had a girl who she didn't want our program. Yeah. And she was a sweet girl, but being okay with them leaving and trusting that we planted seeds. Yeah. Um, and we don't know. Like We have to trust that the Lord is the one who's growing those roots and seeing yeah. the sprouts. And yeah. we may never see it. And it, right. we have to be okay with it in my yeah. job because... Otherwise, we're not living every day loving them well and showing them Jesus. Right. So now your program, when you say you live in a girl's home, what does that mean? Like who goes to that home? Foster? It's like a foster home? Yeah, it's all um, girls right now who are in foster care. So some of them are permanently in foster care. They have either no parents or their parents' rights have been terminated or they're just temporarily there. Okay. Okay, and so you guys, what do you guys do at the foster home? You just care for them, take care of them? Yeah, we're basically, the best way to explain it is we're staying in foster moms. Okay. Um, we so tuck like them a, in at night, we cook a, with them. It's a community it's, effort kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. We usually have three staff on at a time who okay. are caring for the girls. Okay, excellent. So it takes faith every single day going beyond yes. what you think you can accomplish and just making it happen and yeah. following the voice of God and all that stuff. Okay, very cool. So this is a daily occurrence for you. So you have to make these daily decisions Hey, I'm going to make this happen. Hey, I'm going to do this. Hey, whatever. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So now fast forward, tell us about um, sort of this big moment faith um, that I, when we were talking yesterday, kind of talking through this, I thought, you know, it's interesting because I feel like oftentimes God doesn't just throw you like these big curveballs and say, hey, see how you react to that one. 
I feel like he kind of sets us up, right? He kind of, he gives us opportunities, little faith here, little faith here, little faith here, little faith here, and then drops a bomb in your lap and says, now what you going to do, right? And so I feel like this is kind of what's happened with Caitlin, which is super, super cool. So all right, you're working in the home. Tell us about this, this uh, big moment faith for you. Yeah, so I think back in last September, a girl came who, um, her name is Caitlin, and almost immediately we started to bond, mm-hmm. and um, it kind of started where she would ask me a lot of questions, and then at bedtime when I would tuck her in, she'd say, okay, I have three questions, and then eventually it was, okay, I have 10 questions, yeah. and then eventually it was, she would have a list, and I think the most was like <laughs> 30-something questions that she had for me, anywhere from like, what's your favorite childhood memory to why does it hurt so much when you're rejected? So it's, yeah. it was deep, so, but it was also not yeah. deep. Yeah, and um, how, how old is Kaylin? So she's 15. Okay, um, so it probably followed the thought process of a 15-year-old, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I love cookies. Um, I hate boys. I love boys. Exactly. It's, yeah, I, yeah. I, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she was going through a lot at the time with her mom, just yeah. rejecting her and mm-hmm. constantly facing that. And um, things that I've been through in my upbringing and things that I have a sister who's been through, I was able to relate to her a lot. Yeah. Um, and so it wasn't until this March that she was even eligible for adoption. So I was mentoring her. And while I was mentoring her, I was like, you know, I mean, if she, if I could adopt her, I mean, I could see that happening. That yeah. would be something I'd be willing like, to hypothetically do. Speaking, hypothetically I'd, speaking. I'd probably be down for that. Yeah. Because right? yeah. it wasn't reality. And then right. it was like, reality. I would hypothetically <laughs> be down for jumping out of an airplane, hypothetically. Right. But when I get there, <laughs> it ain't happening. Exactly. Um, yeah. So it was one of those sort of things. And so then the parents' rights were terminated when? That was in March. In so March. Okay. she was eligible for adoption. And um, a couple weeks, maybe like two or three weeks after the court date, she, um, she just had this crisis of, oh my gosh, I have no one. Yeah. I'm alone. I have no family. Legally, physically, I have nobody. And yeah. was really struggling. And so um, the opportunity was kind of like, okay, you said... And I could hear God telling me, okay, you said that you would be willing to <laughs> do this. You'd be down. Yeah. So let's put your money where your mouth is. What yeah. are you going to do? Um, and I even, I coincidentally was going to Colorado to visit my best friend. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that weekend I'm going to verbally process with her, think about it, pray mm-hmm. about it, see what, what the, the Lord wants yeah, from me. Yeah. Um, and I never heard a clear yes or no on it. Right. Um, I ended up. <laughs> Which isn't that the best when you're like, okay, God. Speak. Yeah. And then Silence. it's like, uh, okay, okay, God, maybe you, I'll say that. Speak! And then nothing. <laughs> you're like, what the heck? Right? Yeah. All right, so you're verbally processing this. You're bouncing it off your friend. Yeah. Um, and I, I had to come to the conclusion, because I, I, I overthink everything, so I had to, like, be sure that I knew what my well, decision well, yeah, was. yeah, because this is a, I mean, this is a big deal. Right, and a it really wouldn't just affect deal. me. It would affect her, Because, like, too. you're 15, she's 15... That's a big. De- <laughs> Just kidding, <laughs> but I mean, but but really, that's a that's a big deal. Yeah, it it is. So I wanted to make sure that I knew. Um, and really, the only thing that tipped me to yes was that I knew if I said no, I'd regret it. Like you knew saying no was the wrong answer. Yes. You didn't know that saying yes was the right answer, but right. you knew what the wrong answer was. Yeah, and so I'm okay. like, okay, process of elimination. I guess the answer is yes. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> that's so good. And so. Um, yeah. 
And so you started the adoption process then? Yes, and still I'm currently working You're in through the process now. that process, yeah. Okay, man, that is, that is incredible. Um, I know when we were talking yesterday, um, and many of you guys sitting here listening, you're like, man, yeah, that happens to me all the time when I'm like, geez, it's just, I, I don't hear a yes or a no. I feel this unction. I feel like maybe this is the right thing, maybe it's not. And um, I was telling her that when I was back in 2000 and I don't even know what it was, maybe 2008, um, I was making the decision to, be a, to go into full-time ministry to be a youth pastor or a senior pastor, and I had these two opportunities available, and um, I felt like I didn't know what God wanted me to do. I didn't know how he wanted me to handle it. I didn't know what to do, and so I sought advice from one of my friends named Adam, who was a youth pastor at the time, and I was talking to him, and I was like, dude, I, I just don't know. I don't feel like either one of these are necessarily the wrong answer, but I don't feel like either one of them are really the right answer either, and he said, well, you know, it says in God's word that 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 God will give you the desires of your heart. And he's like, as long as you're in alignment with God and you're good with him and you guys are on the same page and you're following him and your prayer life's good and you're, you're you know, in God's word and he's speaking to you, then oftentimes if there's no bad decision, pick which one you want, you know? Pick which one you like because he desires the desire, you know, his desires become your desires the closer you become to him. And so it was kind of an interesting thing for me and for you that there wasn't this like, angelic clouds opening saying, yes, adopt Kaylin, it's the right decision. Like, that never right. happened. Right. Right. And oftentimes, I feel like so many of us are paralyzed at the cusp of taking a leap of faith and the cusp of doing something crazy and audacious because we're waiting for that moment of God to say, yes, you should do it. Right? And oftentimes, that time doesn't happen. Right. You know, oftentimes, that doesn't come. For some, maybe it does, and they're the ones selling prayer cloths on TV. But <laughs> for most of us, in the real world... That stuff doesn't happen too, too frequently for us, right, Many, oftentimes. And so uh, that's, that's an interesting note for you to, to throw in there that, yeah, there wasn't this definitive, yes, do it. Blah, yeah, blah, right? I really wish there had been. I mean, I'm yeah. glad that there wasn't because it did stretch my faith so yeah. much and yeah. show me, like, okay, God is with me in what yeah. I choose. Yeah. But it's just so much easier. It's so much easier. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, if yeah, Jesus would just pop answer. up over here, I think our church would be a lot bigger. You know, I mean, <laughs> it would be a lot easier. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, that's, that's crazy. That's cool. So, all right, so you made this big, um, this big moment decision because you've made all these little bitty decisions along the way to open yourself to faith and the big moment came and you jumped on it. Now, share some of sort of your doubts or your, um, sort of uncertainty because I'm sure everyone in your life, maybe everyone in your life was super supportive, but I would imagine some people would be like, uh... You realize what this means, right? And you realize what this entails and maybe some of the insecurities or maybe thoughts you had in your head and your heart saying, can I actually do this? Like, this is a big deal. Yeah, there were so many. Um, And I processed a lot of it with my best friend when I was in Colorado. Um, And I'm I'm pretty lucky because I do have a lot of, like, my bosses and the people I work with are super supportive. Um of adoption and regardless, I mean, I'm 26 and Kaylin is 15. So we right. have gotten some weird, like, wait, she's how old? Yeah. Um, she's, you're how old? You're, and you're the mom. Hmm. Yeah. So some people. Biologically, it's, it's I don't hard. understand this. Yeah. Right. It's hard to understand. I, I get right. that. Um, but I also would not want to deprive her of a family because of our mm-hmm. age difference. Right. Um, but I, I've always wanted to be a mom since I was little. Mm-hmm. But I always pictured my plan was I'll get married and then have kids and then eventually I'll probably adopt or foster. Yeah. And so the fact that going into this as a single mom, 
I grew up with a single mom. That was never what I had planned. Right. Um, so I was like, I mean, is that even going to be best for her? Like, does she, she needs a family. She needs a mom and a dad. She needs the best. Like, mm-hmm. can I offer that for her? And then there's the logistics of it, of finances. Yeah. I'm a single person with a single salary yeah. who's making a single income who, how am I going to afford this? And at the time when I said yes to the adoption, um, I was living with a family in Detroit. I was renting their third floor. And so I had a bed and a dresser, basically. I had, <laughs> I started from scratch. I had yeah. um, nothing. And I was like, how is this going to work? Right. Um, but I, I knew when I said yes that, okay, God, if I say yes, and this is in your will, and this is pleasing to you, it's going to come together. Right. Right. So. And so, and, and has it? <laughs> it really has. Yeah. It's it's kind of outrageous how much it's come together. I mean, even this faith community, yeah. like um, everybody at Central who has been so generous and yeah. uh, my bosses and a woman who's on the board at my at my work at House of Providence, um, mm-hmm. she came through with a bunch of people who basically furnished my apartment. And awesome. it's so humbling that God yeah. put so many people in my path who are encouraging, who are helping, who, yeah. and I'm, I'm such an introvert and such a like, I, no, I need to figure this out for myself. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. like allowing people to help was huge and yes. being able to see God in that. Yeah. I'm so glad that I was not too proud. Yeah, to, man, that is, that yeah. is so, so amazing. So on the other side of this big moment faith decision where you're like, okay, I'm going to do this, and I've experienced all these insecurities, all these doubts, all these, like, I don't know, what should I do? Because, I mean, being raised by a single mom and then not wanting to be, not knowing if that was the path that God had for you, yeah. you know, that's, that's a big deal internally, psychologically, emotionally for you to bear, and then plus to have enough to give to someone else and to all that. That's, that's huge. So coming on the other side of that, what is it like kind of now with it? I mean, it, you're still in the process, but the main step of faith is kind of the catalyst for this whole process was saying yes. Yeah. How has your life changed or morphed or how do you approach life different? How has this affected you on the other side of it? For those of us who are like at the cusp of doing something like this and saying, oh man, you know, I feel like God's moving me this way. I feel like God's moving me this way. Um, but I don't know. And then what's it going to be like on the other side? I don't know. And there's so much uncertainty. What's it like for you being on the other side of that major decision and kind of looking back on it saying, all right. Yeah, I feel like I look back and I feel so silly for all the doubts and the insecurities. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I feel so much, I feel like my relationship with God has only grown. I don't mm-hmm. feel like it's suffered in any way. Um, even with the doubts, I feel like, if anything, like the Lord has shown me very tangibly that he has good things for me. And that's something I always struggled to believe that, yeah. If good things are happening, okay, there's a bad thing that's just waiting to yeah. happen. It's yeah. going to fall apart. It's going to, yeah, right. something bad's going to happen. Um, and just seeing that the Lord has not just been faithful once, but multiple times yeah. um, gives me hope that, okay, he can do it again. If he did it now and he did it this time, I know he can do it again. He's yeah. not just a God of doing things one time and, okay, that's all you get. Yeah, yeah. Good luck. Hard to you up. Now it's on you, right? Yeah, but he's going to come through again. So it yeah. gives me more hope um, 
in my relationship with God and that what is, the future holds. Yeah, that's incredible. Yes. That's super encouraging. And, and when I heard about Caitlin's story, I was like, we got to find a way to share this with everybody, man. We got to find a way for everybody to hear this because it's so empowering and so encouraging because I feel like in the people in this room, I'm sure that we are all scattered throughout this process that she's gone through. You know, maybe some of us are here and we're kind of, we're getting to the point where we need to start making everyday faith decisions. Maybe we need to get out of our, maybe we need to stretch past our certainty in our box and saying, God wants to grow me, God wants to stretch me, God wants to use me, but that's going to require me to step out of my comfort zone. That's going to require me to ask some questions. That's going to require me to take some steps of faith. And then I think some of us are already in that position where, yeah, man, God's growing me, God's leading me, God's doing these things, it's awesome, it's great. But then you're right on the cusp of something big, and God's saying, okay, but I want you to do this. But I want you to go further. And you're saying, oh, no, man, I, I'm, I'm good, like, growing every day. I mean, I'm already working in a, in a children's home. I'm already, you know, do, donating my life to this sort of thing. I, you don't want me to go that far. And so I feel like some of us may be in that position where God's been, the Holy Spirit's been tugging on you saying, hey, listen, there's something big for you, and you know it. And you need to step up, and you need to do it. And some of us in here, we might be in the middle of that right now where we said yes and we're like, now the chaos and the doubt and the questions and uncertainty and all this stuff is taking place. And some of us are on the other side of something huge like this and we think we can just coast now. But uh uh-uh, God's calling us to go further and keep going and keep going. And so I wanted Caitlin to share her story this morning as we talk about our core value of faith and how that's so vital and important to our relationship with Jesus. And it's so vital and important in our growth as a Christ follower. And so what I wanted her to share was that you, so you could get kind of a, a picture and a vision and say, see, it, it, it does work. God does show up. It's not just some pastor guy up here telling you that it works. It's a real life human being, a real person, a real story that it's worked. And it does when God calls you to something huge and God calls you to something great and something massive. If God is calling you, he's going to have your back. Don't be afraid. And I love what she said on the other side of it. She's looking back and she's like, I was being so silly. It's almost ridiculous how much I was scared of that or how worried I was about that because we serve a big God, a huge God. And he tells us all throughout his word that he's going to take care of us. He tells us all throughout his word that he's got our back. But we spend so much time in fear and in doubt and it paralyzes us. And that's huge. And so I thought this story would be super encouraging to you guys. So Caitlin, do you have any final thoughts, any last minute sort of uh, wisdom, something tweet-worthy for all of us to take home. Um, No pressure, right? (laughs) No pressure at all. Just, uh, you know, something like Gandhi level. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Yeah, I got this. Okay. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I just, I had to know how the Lord speaks to me. And typically the Lord kind of like plants the idea in my heart way Mm -hmm. ahead of time, which I think was kind of the whole... Mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe I would adopt her one day if it was possible. And then kind of pushes me a little bit, like, are you going to do it? Um, So just knowing how the Lord speaks to us as individuals um, and just being okay with not hearing a clear answer. Um, A good friend of mine was encouraging me in that one time and was saying that, you know, just like as your children grow older, you know, when they're really little, you have to constantly be like, oh, don't do that. Oh, don't touch the stove. Like you have to constantly talk to them. And yeah guide them but as they get older you kind of take a step back and let them have some independence and Mm -hmm. like with the lord when we're first 
hearing Jesus, we hear him all the time and like, okay, don't do that. Okay, yeah. do this. Yeah. And as we grow in our spiritual maturity, it's not as constant. And the Lord's like, you can, you can make this decision yeah. on your own and just trust that if it's, I guess just if it lines up with God's word and it loves people and it helps people, I don't know why we would say no, because what do we really have to lose? Yeah, I'd say that's tweet worthy. <laughs> I'd, I'd say you hit that one out of the park, actually. Okay. That, was, that was, and you don't even have any written notes. Right? I mean, I even have a notebook sitting here. Holy crap. Um, yeah, that was good. That's huge. So, what, <laughs> so, man, I'm floored over here. Give me a second. Um, yeah. So this morning what I want to do is I want the band to come back up and I want to give everybody in here sort of an opportunity to respond to this kind of idea and this, this process of faith. Um, I want to give you the opportunity that if you're in here this morning and um, you know that you're not making those little everyday decisions, you know that you're not necessarily stepping out in faith like you should be, you know that you're not, you see these opportunities, you see these moments for God to use you and you're letting them pass by and you're flying under the radar, I want to give you the opportunity to do business with God and say, God, help me to step it up, man. Help me to get this going. Help this to be part of my everyday life. Just like we talk about giving on Sundays, how it's just a, it's a spiritual discipline and we want you to get in the habit of doing it. If we get in the habit of saying yes to these faith moments and yes to God using us, then when these big moments come, our perspective and our posture is to say yes. And we're not going to shut it down. If Caitlin's in the mode of saying no, 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 and then when the Holy Spirit says, hey, I think you should intervene here for Caitlin, what's her posture? What's her response going to be? It's going to be no, because it's always been no. It's very unlikely that we will flip the script on these big, huge faith decisions if we're not saying yes to the everyday faith decisions. And so I want all of us to have an opportunity to do business with God this morning. If you're already saying yes to these individual faith decisions, but you feel like maybe God is tugging on your heart and saying, you got to do something big, and you know what that is. It's different for everybody. It's not, everybody's not called to adopt a 15-year-old girl, you know? That's not, that's not for everybody. We have a family in our church who's not here today, but they're fostering two kids, taking in their third one, I think, next week. That's what God's called them to do. My cousin Rissa's here, and she adopted from Africa. That's what God called her to do. Maybe that's not what God has called you to do, but God has called you to do something. And so if you're on the cusp of that, I want to give you an opportunity this morning to do business with God and say, God, all right, <laughs> let's do the dang thing, right? Let's do this. I'm on board. Let's move forward. And if you've been through that and you're like, oh, been there, done that, Sam. I'm like a seasoned faith person. I should change my name to faith. Listen, God has more for you, okay? It's not a one-time deal. Rissa's not done. Caitlin is not done. The, fa the family who's taken in their third foster kid, they're not done. God consistently wants to grow us, wants to consistently use us, but it's going to take faith. It's going to be setting lofty goals, following the voice of Jesus, and then watching God work and watching him show up and being in awe and in amazement of that. And so this morning, wherever you are in the spectrum, I want to give you an opportunity to talk to God. I want to give you an opportunity to respond to God and say, God, let's do this, man. I want to be used by you in a mighty and powerful way. Or God, what's next? What you got for me? Let's do this. So let's pray together. God, I thank you so much for this morning. I thank you for what you've done in the heart of Caitlin and in the life of Caitlin and, and her story and her um, experience, God. I pray that it challenges and inspires us as someone who shares a faith community with her 
I'm honored to be part of her faith community. I'm honored to call her a sister in Christ because of her audacity with her faith. It's so inspiring and so encouraging. And God, I pray this morning that we would be a church, we would be a faith community, we'd be a room full of people who are defined and characterized by our audacity in our faith. That we would listen for your voice and follow it, even past our comfort zone, even past what's normal to us, that we would follow you into the unknown knowing that it's, if it aligns with your heart, aligns with your word, and it helps people, why would we not? God, wherever we are on the spectrum this morning, I pray that you would send your Holy Spirit to do work in us and through us today. God, we love you, and we praise you, and we invite you to do a work in us. We love you. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and you experience life change. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings but still want to support this faith community, visit our giving page at centralchurch.cc. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe.